Hey guys, it's Mike back with Narcoleptic Customs podcast, episode 33. We have Mr. Tuned by JP himself, uh, Jim Parkinson, on the podcast today. I'm so excited. I drove down to his shop. So the folks that are watching this on YouTube, uh, you're welcome. Holy crap, he works on some super cool stuff. Um, we talk about him growing up. We talk about being born in Tacoma, Washington, and how the heck he ended up in Van Buren, Arkansas. Uh, we talk about how he learned to tune. Obviously, he was really good with carburetors and then uh, saw the writing on the wall and for a while was the only EFI tuner in the area and uh, obviously has taken that to a whole new level. He tells us about how he tunes more than 800 vehicles a year. Wrap your mind around that, 800 of those and uh, what he considers a fun streetcar. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I certainly did. This will not be the last time that uh, he is on the podcast. We're going to wear him out. He has a ton of cool stories and tunes some of the baddest stuff in the nation. So, all right, I'll stop talking. Uh, I will tell you, we post every day on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under Narcoleptic Customs. We post every Tuesday and Friday night at 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel. So find us all there. Thanks a bunch. All right, guys, I'm so excited for you. Um, as you heard, uh, we're going to go over a ton of stuff with the man himself, Mr. JP, tuned by JP. So I'm going to hit you hard right out of the gate. What is the horsepower of the top three vehicles you've had here in the shop? So we've had some pretty special people come through the shop. Uh, Zach Wydell holds the top number at 2,063 rear wheel horsepower, Ooh. which was really special because for about, I think, four or five, four to five months, we held the single turbo LSX record nationwide. Dang. Uh, it has been broken since, but uh, that car, if you go to my page, you'll be able to find that car. It's well over a million views. Uh, it's a really neat neat car, a little 65 Nova. Unfortunately, he sold that car, doesn't have any longer, so it kind of broke my heart. Uh, Number two is Geronimo, a uh, fifth-gen Camaro that we uh, uh, we did all the engine install and all the plumbing and wiring yeah. and fab work right here in the shop. And that car uh, made 1898 rear-wheel horsepower, so just right at 1900. And and to be 100% honest, we had we struggled. That car wanted to spin the tires on the dyno. Wow. Um, we are looking, hopefully, in, within the next year, we want to expand and get a hub dyno for the bigger mm. horsepower stuff. Yeah, from, so, from Dynocom? Yes. Yeah, yep, yeah. We, we talked to Allison. Uh, her podcast drops tomorrow. Oh, awesome. Yep. Awesome. And uh, so, yeah, we, we're 1,500 horsepower down. Our dyno's rated at 3,000. Mm -hmm. We use it so much, though, the knurling's starting to get a little smooth. <laughs> and uh, it's starting to become a struggle to hold the higher horsepower cars. Matter of fact, wow. Derek Kelly's car on here yesterday. Mm. It was spinning a little bit. So, and Derek holds the number three spot at 1867. Oh, wow. So, and there's a good possibility Derek's car can make over 2,000 rear wheel. I just, we're struggling to hold it now. God, that is insane. His car, his car's a beast and has been for several years. Uh, and so I don't want to give up too much. He keeps a lot of his information classified. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll try but, and work that out of you here in a minute. That's yeah. one of the questions later on in there, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, we can get people to keep listening. That's crazy. So the top three cars are 2,000-ish horsepower. I mean, like, Absolutely. that's wild. Yeah, and on a hub dyno, we might see some bigger numbers. Yep. Um, and so dynos are just tools. We don't race them. Yep. Everybody knows that. But we need to be able to accurately measure 
yep. and properly load the engine to get the correct tune to make sure that this car when it goes to the track that we're not going to burn it burn it up melt yep. it down so well and that's what Allison was talking about too was some of the um, like that's why the hub dyno was really developed was because of some of the tire slip and things like that yeah and safety yeah you know, yep. if a strap comes on uh, you know comes unwrapped <laughs> on there and the car jumps off the dyno well ooh, yeah. that's, that's yeah. a bad deal 187 mm -hmm. miles an hour that's yeah. <laughs> it could be pretty bad you know, and i have some some potential customers that hopefully we're going to be three to four thousand horsepower range jeez that's so awesome so we're, you, we're excited because obviously a lot of people know you by you know turbo ls stuff because your stickers are on the back of some of the fastest cars in that industry but you've built and tuned a ton of stuff so that leads to the second question uh what's the strangest engine that you've tuned like rare uh you know weird anything like that probably nothing crazy rare yet uh the the kind of craziest thing that's come through my shop or, or different uh, i have tuned a drift car that was pretty cool. Really? Okay. Yeah, I've tuned a drift car, and then I have I have a couple customers that do, uh, they go to Howlett out there by Tulsa. Oh, yeah. And do the road course stuff. So I tuned a little car that has a 22RE Toyota engine <laughs> in it uh, with Mega Squirt. It's on mi Micro Squirt, Mega Squirt e ECU. Um, and a, just a really cool car. Yeah. Uh, but it's a budget-based um, class that he runs in. Yeah. <clears throat> Some of the stuff gets kind of out there stretched out money-wise. <laughs> So I, it's always refreshing to me to see people having a good time with cars yep. on a meager budget, on, on something that anybody can afford. Yeah. I love to see that also. So That's awesome. Yeah, I had the I had interviewed the gambler guys last night, okay. uh, like gambling those arcs and things like that. And those guys are budget-minded 100% through and through. So, yeah. so yeah, we, uh, you know, obviously my old truck is budget. I mean, it's 210,000-mile 4.8 out of a flipped over Tahoe that I bought for 700 bucks and did all of, you know. So, like, a lot of people see your super fast stuff, and that's not the only stuff you work on. Absolutely not. And, you know, and, and so over the years, I've gravitated towards, you know, I'll call this, it's some similar to a drug addiction, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so the, the small hit, well, you kind of outgrow it, and I'm like, oh, I need more. Yep. And, uh, that happens and, to so many people. Yeah, and so many people will see what I'm driving currently or whatever, and they'll kind of lose, lose the desire to build something because mm -hmm. like, oh, I just can't do that. I'm out. And then they'll check out on it, yep. which is never my intention. Yep. Um, and that's why I say it's refreshing to see people enjoying stuff on a on a lesser budget. Yep. Back when I grew up, <clears throat> I read a lot of Hot Rod Magazine, and Pat Gannel was the guy. He kind of took over the helm of Hot Rod Magazine for a while, and he had a lot of stories a lot of articles that he put together that were budget-based that's awesome and yeah so you know whatever i can do to and i need to try to promote that more yeah yeah definitely and, okay. and i hope the folks listening will, will definitely understand that because you've tuned a ton tons and tons and tons of 500 wheel horsepower stuff absolutely like or and, less yeah and what's crazy um not crazy what's interesting about doing that and doing so many vehicles like that is you know, I don't know what your typical save file looks like or whatever, but you've probably done enough of those to kind of have a pretty good grasp. If people can tell you what's going on, like the build sheet on it, you can get in and knock it out pretty quick. Oh, absolutely. I've, I've tuned so much. And I think people lose, uh, I, I do not promote myself very much. No. So a lot of people just think I'm race car only because that's kind of what gets brought out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have so many tune files of just 300 horsepower, 400 <laughs> horsepower, 
cores in trucks, Camaros and Chevy trucks, that you bring that in here, and, and within less than an hour, I'm going to have a tune in there that's like pretty respectable, yeah, pretty close, and yeah. then we're going to get it perfect after that. That's awesome. So <laughs> let's back up. Let's let's tell your story, and then let's tell the shop story. So okay. what what's eleven year old JP like? Like is, so, is he tearing stuff apart? Eleven years old, yeah. I mean, a bicycle. You know, I didn't. Ha I grew up super poor. Yep. We grew up twenty miles from nowhere. <laughs> and uh, I, to be honest, uh, so if I backpedal just a little bit, uh, my mother said I could make car noises before I could talk. That's so awesome. it was in my blood. Um, you know, my my real father was not mechanically inclined. So a lot of people were like, "How in the hell did you get here from there?" Um, it just was always something that. When I saw a car or I heard a car, you know, and, and my first introduction was just clicking on the TV and I heard NASCAR or Indy cars. And back then I kind of gravitated. I liked the sound of the Indy and the yeah, Formula yeah. One cars. Yeah. But then precisely about when I was 10, I came home one Sunday afternoon and clicked on the TV and I just got out of church. But I tell you what, I found heaven on that TV set <laughs> and it was John Force in the Jolly Rancher uh, mm. A funny car doing a big smoky burnout. I'm like, what the hell is that? Yeah, you're like, this is what's up. And from that point on, Formula One, IndyCar, NASCAR, I I, I did not care as much about those. Mm -hmm. I clicked on. I was looking for drag racing. So That's uh, awesome. from from and for all those years uh, until I was 18, I actually never you know because I'm telling you, we grew out grew up in the middle of the country. There was nothing out there. You mm -hmm. know, hunting and fishing. We did. I did a lot of that when I was younger. Yep. But I really truly believe that cars were just a fantasy and then when i was 18 uh i met a guy that had a vega with a tunnel ram and it was real and it was beautiful and it mm. sounded awesome i was like holy shit this is real <laughs> I got, i'm doing this yeah so 18 is when jp actually started and that was when i was in college i started college met a real hot rod guy and uh, i built my first engine that year wow that's cool yeah so, you know, you'd always seen all that stuff, and then now you're like, you're living it. You're like, okay, what do we do now? So, I guess that, that answers my question that I always ask. is like, was there somebody in your family that um, kind my, of pushed you more towards that? My stepdad was kind of a shade tree mechanic. Yeah. Uh, and he talked about some kind of cool cars because he grew up through the mid-60s, you mm -hmm. know, in kind of muscle car era. But I would hear these stories, and I would see Hot Rod Magazine, and it still just seemed surrealistic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then like I said, when I was eighteen and I actually seen one, you're like this. Is I was up. so hooked; it was over. That is so cool. So, um, what did you learn to drive in? Uh, you know, uh, several different vehicles. Uh, an old Ford truck my dad had. Then he had an old Dodge truck. You know, and I. Mm -hmm. So he kind of got me started driving around fourteen years old. Oh, cool. Thirteen, fourteen. I'd drive different vehicles. Nothing really super cool. Yep. Um, when I turned 15, my first car was an old Chevy Nova. Oh, man. And I kept that car until just a few years ago, and that became my first hot rod. That's the one I built my first 350 oh, wow. small block Chevy for. And then there's pictures of me. Um, I'll try and give you one. Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's a picture of me uh, in 2001 with that car on the rear bumper at Centerville. Oh. Yeah, so that car became, it ran mid-fives back in the early 2000s. Dang, that's fast. Tires. So back then, I there mean, was a... I still fast a, now. But yeah, at, at our local track there, um, there was one other guy that was slightly quicker than me, and I mean, me and this guy, we battled. <laughs> uh, you know, I'd win one, he'd win one. I'd win wow. two more, he'd win. And it was back and forth, and we had a good time. 
that's uh, cool. But anyway, so that's that was my cars. Wow, that's your early cars. My yeah. early well, cars. We're going to get into some of your stuff now because it's super cool. So, what uh, living in the country like that? What uh, what was your first job? What'd you do? Uh, I took a job at a welding shop. Mm, um, cool. So you know, I think I was sixteen, and my first. My very first job was just cutting grass yeah. and, and hay bale, you know, putting whatever, hay Whatever in, yeah, somebody stuff. will pay you a little but bit But the money first, for. like, job job yep. was uh, at a welding shop. I was in Votech learning how to weld, mm. and I went to work at that welding shop. And it, it didn't last very long because his daughter, I think, mm, something happened there. <laughs> <laughs> and so I lost that job. <laughs> well, hey, you know, you got to learn sometimes. Uh, <laughs> But, and then, so, all right, so you're in the, now, were you like sweeping floors or were you welding and stuff? I mean, I like, did some welding and yep. mostly grunt work though, sweep yep. floors, uh, grinding, drill holes. Learning characteristics of yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> how I mean, to be a man. I was, I was your proverbial minion. Yeah. So yep. that was me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you had said earlier that Derek's car was in here a little bit earlier. Now we know he keeps stuff close to his vest, but like any secrets you can give up? Mm. And you can say no if you want to, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure people I'm, would love to hear it. Because <laughs> we talked uh, a little okay, bit about... Okay, so there are some secrets I can talk about of that car. Um, so me and Derek have had a good relationship for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and maybe a lot of people don't know, I'm actually the one that named that car. Really? Bam Bam was my name. Uh, that was my suggestion, and it stuck. That's awesome. So, yeah. So Derek had a twin-turbo 5th Gen Camaro. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to race with the likes of Jacob and Jeff Spear uh, in the day. And, and I've kind of been the guy that helped get both those guys started also. Oh, cool. Um, and But he wanted to compete with that twin turbo Camaro, which it was an awesome car. Is it? He still has that car. Uh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It hasn't been on the road in a couple of years. He stole the motor out of it at one point uh -huh. for Bam Bam. Gotcha. And uh, that kind of... That was, you know, or he sold it so Bam Bam could have the monies. Yeah, but anyway, that car's name was Black Betty. Mm -hmm. And we were in the shop with the, with the little blue Turbo Fox. And we were like, well, Derek's like, well, what are we going to name this car? And I was like, well, you're the car's Black Betty. Betty Bam Bam. Boom. Yeah. And so that just, it stuck. And there it is. That's awesome. So there, there's a secret. There's a secret for Bam Bam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you said you grew up in the country. Now, does that mean like, is that here in this area? So my story is a little complicated, I guess. Um, I was born in Tacoma, Washington. Oh, wow. And uh, my mother and father had a very rocky relationship. Mm -hmm. My mother left my father in the middle of the night, and we were separated from him for about a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was a police officer in the Tacoma area. Wow. And so he had connections. And he found my mother mm -hmm. about a year later, and he, he wound up smooth talking to her. They got back together. But the part of the deal was we moved to Missouri. Hmm. My father, my real father was born in the Camdenton area, uh, okay. Lake of the Ozarks area. And uh, he wanted to get back to his roots. Mm -hmm. And so we moved to Missouri. And that... That went on for a couple of years, a uh, very rough time of my life, and he wound up leaving again. Uh, and to be 100% honest, I, I was pretty happy to see him go. Yeah. Um, but then, so I grew up in Missouri. Uh, Coal Camp, Missouri was my hometown that I grew up in. 
Um, and then uh, I went to college. I wound up getting uh, getting uh, accepted into College of the Ozarks. It used to be called School of the Ozarks. Mm -hmm. And I took aviation mechanics. That was my major there. And that was in Point Lookout, Missouri, south of Branson. And so that was uh, kind of kind of all that. And when mm -hmm. I graduated college, I got a job down here in Arkansas, Van Buren, Arkansas, and I've been here ever since. That's cool. So 1992, I moved to Arkansas, and I've, I've lived here well over half my life. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. So before <clears throat> Tuned by JP, what what did you do? What was your career? Uh, so I never went into the aviation field. <laughs> you just needed to learn the tolerances and all that kind well, of tight stuff. Oh, so, I mean, I have a great foundation, mechanical mm -hmm. foundation. And, and the whole time I was in college, I whatever I learned in class, I was applying hands-on to my Chevy Nova mm -hmm. at nighttime. And I street raced that car and I raced ORP uh, outside mm -hmm. Springfield, Missouri. It's yep. actually technically my home track. That's the first drag strip I ever went to. That's awesome. Uh, and so... But yeah, I street race, drag race my car, and what I learned in class, it, it you know, I was yeah. putting it to good use. <laughs> um, part of my work, part of that college, that college, the work study program, well, I, I spent the whole four years that I was there in a coal fired steam generation electrical generation plant. What? So my first job out of college was actually for Mid South Steam Boiler right here in Van Buren, Arkansas, and I worked there for four years as a service technician. Wow. Uh, but I did a little bit of everything because I'm, you know, I, I, I have welding. Uh, mm -hmm. I did welding for them. I did pipe welding, uh, boiler, tube, refactory, all that hard. And it was extremely hard work. Being a boiler maker, you better be one tough mf <laughs> And back then I was, but I'm not anymore. I'm old and crunchy now. <laughs> so, so, but uh, it was a good job. Uh, but after four years of that, um, I was tired of being on the road a lot um just you know, things that go along with that job i was ready to not be gone yep. primarily like and you're on the road i will just tell you it was miserable being in a, in a hotel room somewhere and my car is back here and i would have parts they would be delivered and i'm no. like i'm out of town for a week yeah i'm like mother mm, why well, i, I, I want to show his home yeah. so i could work on the car yep. i want to put my car together i want to race yep. this weekend and so that that got that was rough so yep. i went into maintenance I went to a Gerber Baby Foods, mm -hmm. and I worked maintenance there and in Temple Inland. And then uh, the last 10 years before I went full-time at Tune by JP, I was at Dixie Cup, Georgia Pacific Dixie Cup. Oh, cool. And I was always a multi-craft maintenance man. Um, and a lot of people think, oh, well, you're multi-craft, you know, that's jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Uh, but I actually have, was I'm very good at everything that I've done as far as maintenance. So yeah. I was a good welder, good machinist, uh, mechanic. And uh, I gravitated towards the electrical side. Mm -hmm. And so I did a lot of PLC programming and troubleshooting. Wow. So, um, so you were born for EFI. <laughs> and that was the thing. So as we move into Tune by JP, and maybe yeah. I should let you ask, ask more questions. But. No, no, no. no. We'll, and we're, we're going to definitely talk about that because, you know, I want to tell the people about that stuff. So let's, let's kind of uh, stay in that timeline. So when you had that job and as uh, the multi-craft were you were you local here then yes i have you know all my, all my jobs uh so gerber temple inland and georgia pacific they were all right in fort smith just over the river that's awesome. and, and those those three facilities are probably all within a half mile of each other <laughs> so you're still driving past the same people every day uh, i've drove the same path to work for the last 
30 years? 25. That's 25 crazy. years. That's crazy. So um, let's let's talk family for just a second. Okay. You, you married? Separated. Okay. Uh, any kids or anything? I have two children. Oh, fun. Uh, Hannah's my, my oldest, my daughter. She's 19. Oh, man. She's married now and expecting. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, my so son, hang on, hang oh. on. I got to ask this because this was a question I asked my dad, and it, it was something you don't ever think about. What's your grandpa name? Well, Ben. Ben Benjamin. Uh, I always knew him as Papa. Mm. You know, we didn't call him Grandpa. He no, did no, not like, be... what's your grandpa name? Oh, my be? grandpa name. Yeah, you're going to be Papa, Peepaw. It'll probably be Papa. Yeah. Just like him. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm. My, my dad was like, I don't know. So he, like, had to, you the, know. The whole idea of being a grandpa is so new, I haven't really thought of it that much. But <laughs> yeah. I always thought Papa was a really cool name yeah. for my grandpa. Yep. So that's what we called. So my grandfather that owned my old truck before I did, uh, his name uh, we called him Papa. Really? And, yep. So cool. uh, my other grandpa was Papa, and then we had Granddaddy, but uh, he was Papa. So okay. that's pretty cool. I, I, I can dig that. I can get by on that. Awesome. So, so you got Hannah, yep. ma- married, expecting, and then who else? My son, Adam. He's cool. 14. He'll be 15 uh, this December. Man, I bet he loves that you work here. So I don't <laughs> think the car bugs really bit him super uh, hard yet. Yeah. Uh, he th- he does like it. It's kind of cool, but, he, yeah. you know, if my dad had this and I was his age, <laughs> I would like, Dad, I'm sleeping on the couch here. You just come back and we'll open back up in the morning. Yeah. Uh, he's not that excited about it. Well, and some of that, too, is probably because of the hours you've turned to, to be here and do that as a as a living. You know what I mean? So, like, probably he, he's probably seeing some of that, like, okay, when's that coming? Like, well, I got one more car to tune and I'll be there in a little bit. So, yep, <laughs> I understand that completely. So, um, so we talked about that. But before we dig deep, because we're going to go pretty deep on Tune by JP and your story, where can people find you? Like, where social media, websites, all that kind of stuff. So I have a page on Facebook, Mm -hmm. uh, Tuned by JP. That's probably the primary place to find me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I may be a little bit social media illiterate. (laughs) Um, I am going to be setting up an Instagram account because I've been hit up by all the young people come through there and like, you got to have one. Yep. So I'm going to be setting that up, uh, but right now, Tune by JP on Facebook is where where it is. I do cool. not have a website. Yep. Um, I, I almost kind of feel the websites maybe are dying. Yeah. Social media platform is really the way to go. Yep. Yep. Because so, you can stay in front of folks. Yeah. So if someone and then uh, YouTube, you guys have a YouTube channel? I do not. Okay. So that so, might be hey, something take, else I need. Take to. some of them Instagram videos that you'll record and throw them together and throw you a YouTube up just Perfect. and we'll, we'll talk about that later because I I love the aspect of small business uh, social media uh, I feel like you can't be out there enough so anyways we'll talk about that later but awesome so um, let's give the people the shop number and the email okay and then so the uh, shop phone number and here I want to give you a card uh, yeah definitely um, all right so shop number is 479-459-9796 take extras if you want yep and then uh Email, best way to get a hold of you too? Like, do you have an email account? Is it Jim? At- it's Jim Parkinson, uh, all one word. And a lot of people get the last name spelling incorrect. Yep. Uh, so there was a split. My origin is Scottish, uh, but there was a split. The clan said, you know, one half of it, or actually more than half, spells it I N S O N. That is not the way my name is spelled. My name is P A R K I S O N. But Jim Parkinson at Cox, C O X dot net awesome awesome and 
what I have learned about you, because this is like legitimately the first time we've ever met. So like before we started recording, we talked for 45 minutes probably just getting to know each other. But uh, you're probably one of the most helpful people, is what I hear all the time, um, one of the most helpful people in the game. And so that that's a huge benefit. So the reason I say that is to say that you can prob- you can email him with some questions. Just don't make them as goofy. <laughs> don't <laughs> and, make it easy. Google and, search. And first. don't be offended if I don't get back to you or not right away. Yeah. Because I stay so busy. We just recently separated out. That number used to be my my the, the shop number you gave. That was my personal number also. Oh man. And I just could not get away. And, and it got to the point like throughout the day yeah. I couldn't get anything done. Yeah. Because the phone was blowing up every minute. Yeah. Uh, between uh, Facebook Messenger, mm-hmm. the shop page messaging, yep. the phone, and texting, I couldn't get anything done. So we had to separate that out. Jacob handles the, the phone through the day now. Mm-hmm. If you call Toomba JP, you're going to be talking to Jacob. That's awesome. Um, that Jacob Wright that runs Jacob Apollo. Yep. That's correct, yep. yes. Yeah, he's been my right-hand guy for the last 10 years. That's cool. Uh, there would not be a Toomba JP without Jacob Wright. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So... If someone is interested in setting up, like, um, for you to tune their car, what's probably the best way for them to, to schedule that? Uh, call the shop number. Okay. Talk to Jacob. He's going to get you on the calendar. Um, and, and I'm going to put all that, st- like, the Facebook page link. I'm going to put uh, the phone number for the shop and the email uh, all in the show notes so people can just scroll down and, and hit that, too. Perfect. So they're... They're not. I mean, hopefully you're writing all this information down. You're taking notes while uh, while you're listening to it, but um, you'll be able to to pull that up at any time. And we're going to share this podcast everywhere. So hopefully that'll bring some more folks to know Tune by JP. Thank you. So let's let's dig deep on uh, on Tune by JP because here's one of the biggest things for us, uh, Stephen and I, is that we started Narcoleptic Customs to. Uh, buy more car parts and not have to take it out of the money from the house, you know, uh, which is always a big thing. And you tell the wife, hey, I need I need $800 to buy this converter. You know, there's 800 bucks she'd rather spend on other stuff. So we started doing some stuff on the side. And uh, so is that, like, tell us the origin story of, of... So, sure. I mean, I'm a car guy and my primary focus was, that was my hobby, that was my passion. And I started doing some side work to help fund my race car. Uh, which at the beginning was my old Chevy Nova. Yeah. Um, and sure, you know, so I do a little bit of work here and there on the side, help other people out. And, and to be honest with you, I really enjoyed helping people a lot. Mm-hmm. I love to see the smile on their face. You know, when we make, <laughs> when we twist the right knob or make the right adjustment or whatever we had to do and their vehicle, car, truck, whatever we was working on, man, I think it responded. And, you know, and they'd get out of that thing and just be all amped up on adrenaline. I, I thrived on that. That's so awesome. that's how it all started and uh, slowly, slowly grew. Morphed. Yeah. And, of course, my own cars got faster, you know, as I'd make a little money here. Hey, well, <laughs> that gets boom, funneled back into my car. Yep. Uh, and sure, you know, in my day job, you know, that's the money that, that provided for my family yep. and give my house over their head and food on the table. And whatever I could make on the side was, that was for me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly how it started. Um what uh what, what was like your so and steven and i have every wednesday night we're in the shop mm-hmm. like that's the night the wives know about it the kids know about it like wednesday night's our shop night 
and then sometimes we can sprinkle in Friday nights and half of a weekend day or something like that. But all the time, Wednesday night, uh, now that he lives in Northwest Arkansas, that's when we're in the shop together. Was there a schedule like that early for you, or was it? Well, and that's you. You fit it around how the how the family worked. So, uh, I, I've probably been a little selfish over the years. I'll just straight up admit it. Um, I uh, if I had stuff to do to the car, I did it. <laughs> yep. I can understand that completely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I've worked a lot of hours for a lot of years mm-hmm. um, on my own car or other people's cars Yeah, to you know make sure that mine got going or theirs got going. Yep. And so um, how long do you think, or, or well, I, not how long do you think, but h- how long did you have a regular day job and to, do that stuff on the side? So, you know, I worked underneath my carport at my house mm-hmm. for a lot of years and worked on other people's cars there, too, um, and never really thought of it ever as a full-time gig. Mm-hmm. I did not have an actual shop. I finally built and finished my shop January 1st, 2009. Oh, wow. And rolled my toolbox in there. Yeah, so like my, my black car that's over there, mm-hmm. I built that car under a carport. Dude, I bet, like, the boys in your neighborhood you were the coolest dude in history oh, i think everybody hated me so <laughs> <laughs> probably not the, their parents I, probably did i know their parents hate 10 me. o'clock at night <laughs> yeah. you do not go over to jp's house yeah get over here don't don't go talk to that dude <laughs> so because here is the the question that i love asking at what point and um tell us about the moment you knew all right I'm not going to work my day job anymore. I'm doing this full time. So 2009, I moved into my shop. And once I had like a legit building, mm-hmm. people flooded me. I mean, all of a sudden, awesome. you know, where, where I was under carport, and I can understand, you know, people that were, had legit cars, and they'd come mm-hmm. by and like, man, I hear you're good, but what what the hell? You're working. Mm, I'm, I'm not bringing my car here. Yeah. Well, once I had a building, and people come by, I'm like, oh, wow. And then we'd open doors up, and there's a blown alcohol 68 Camaro. <laughs> sitting there and there's a 67 Pontiac GTO in the other corner with a 455 with nitrous they're like oh wow yeah. this, and those are my cars and there'll always be a third car there that was mm-hmm. something Somebody's. pretty badass too that's awesome and then all of a sudden people were like hey this guy's for real mm-hmm. and from that point on I've been just covered up and that's that is when tuned by JP you know I think I actually showed that started a little sooner than that but right that was legit and then within a year I was like, you know what? I, I can actually make a living at this. That's awesome. And so, and it was several years, you know, uh, past that, that my mind, I had to get my mind right. And I had to mothball my race car and not work on it and make sacrifices mm. and start saving money up to actually come up with enough money for the equipment and the proper building. Because that first shop that I built was a small 30 by 50 steel mm. building I built yep. myself. And uh, we ran the business out of that for now, was, was it at your house or was it at another lo- location? It, it was yeah. at my house. It, it's, it's behind my house. Yeah. So people, just like ours, people in and out all the time. Yeah. Well, and if you're doing it, you know, pretty much full time, then yeah. it was way worse than what it is for us. We work about 20 hours a week out there now. So, you know, you're. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, about a year into the tuning, uh, Jacob Wright just b- bounced into my shop one day and, uh, he got sent over by some uh, mutual friends, but he come in there try to prank me, and uh, it was almost a bad day for him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. But anyway, we we became good friends, and and even more so, it wasn't very long after that that 
he he started working for me. That's cool. That's cool. We'll have to have him on too because um, I saw his car at uh, 10.5 till I die last year. Not this year. I didn't get to go this year, mm-hmm. but last year, and was too nervous to talk to him. Okay. I'm like, and I I don't really have a problem talking to a whole lot of people, but uh, I was like, man, that dude. I tell you, you know, sometimes uh, racers when they kind of get in race mode. Mm-hmm. They, they do project a in very intimidating presence. Yep. Jacob's one of those guys. Yep. But you will not meet another guy that's probably more down to earth, um, just a good good person. Yep. Uh, well, know. and they were they were not working on the car, but they were hood pop looking at stuff. And I was like, man, I can't walk up and <laughs> fangirl on him a little bit, you know, because that car's fast and cool, and he, he's all over the place. So, yeah. So, and that was and before if, if any you'd podcasting. Known me, if I'd been yep. there. Um, you know, I had to learn early on, you know, I love racing and yep. maybe I'll have that presence as well, but also I've learned that, you know what, without fans, there is no sport. Right. And, uh, I enjoy that interaction, uh, tremendously. That's and I awesome. try to promote that with, uh, you know, people that I'm associated with. I always try to say, Hey, you know, there's times that someone's going to come up and, you know, give them the time. If you, yep. if you absolutely can give those folks the time, uh, especially the younger people yeah you know that that's uh it's very humbling to me when a young uh young boy or young girl wants to come up and take take a picture by my car that's or cool. sit in it you yeah know? so if i if i absolutely have the time to make it i want that that's awesome so let's talk about capabilities of the shop mm-hmm. so you were telling me before we started recording which i should have been recording the whole time um we would have had some great b-real <laughs> stuff <laughs> uh what are what are the capabilities of your shop here? Like, what what all can you guys do? Not just um, offer a big wall of parts behind us. I mean, sure, you guys do sure. all of it. I mean, we we can do uh, custom turbo kits. You know, we we fabricate, we weld, um, you know, engine builds. Uh, you know, complete race car design, engineering. We take care of that. The car Geronimo that was at ten five till you die this year. Mm-hmm. It only had a couple outings, so it still has a few bugs. But that car, we did everything, engine, transmission, uh, install. The, the chassis oh, wow. was built, uh, I'm struggling, uh, race car shop in Oklahoma. So we, we can't take credit for the chassis work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Gray, Josh Gray is the owner of that shop. Um, but everything after that, we've done it. All the plumbing, cool. all the wiring, uh, all the tuning, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, we, we can do all those types of stuff. LS swaps, we can do that. Um, but, you know, just, you know, folks, I've come and talked to us, but uh, we do cam swaps. Yep. You know, all the, the routine, easy stuff, we can take care of any of those kind of needs also. There's no reason to be intimidated when you pull in and there's no. race car stuff out here. Yeah. I mean, yep. so the, there's also a car out there I, I have to tune. We just did headers and cam swap on a 6th Gen Camaro. Oh, cool. And we're, I'm going to be street tuning that and then putting on the dyno and finishing on the dyno. So we wow. take care of all those kind of things as well. That's awesome. Nitrous. Uh, but yeah, blowers, turbos, nitrous. You want per- it, we can do it. Performance stuff. So, you know, we've talked to Robert. I've, I haven't had him on. him. Robert and I actually have recorded 10 podcasts. We just ha- never released them. So I'm, we're trying to figure out a way to do it now because <laughs> all the stuff we have on there is old, you know. Right. It was like six or eight months ago. But um, And he has, him and I have discussed uh, street tuning versus dyno tuning and then allison the other day was saying you know the benefits to a dyno is you can almost like it's easier to it's 
you're not making a 150 mile an hour rip on the road so, to try yeah. and tune and get data. You can do that on the dyno. Yeah, absolutely. The, the like uh, now, if you have a truck, you want know, a stock truck. Mm-hmm. There's no need to dyno tune it unless you just want. Right. Unless you want to pay um, that extra. And even money. like a, a anything like 400 horsepower and down. Yep. It's probably really not necessary. Yep. I can pretty well do it all on the street. Uh, and I used to before I had a dyno. <laughs> I tuned a lot of well. We tuned Derek Kelly and Apollo. We tuned Bam Bam and, and Apollo on I-40 out here. Yeah. And we would start our pulls somewhere around 80 to 90 miles an hour, and we'd be yeah. finished around 170. Yeah. yeah. So, he, was, he was telling a little bit of that the other night. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know if we got that on the podcast or well, not. And but. Derek's probably, he's probably one of the biggest reasons that we have a dyno now because he was <laughs> finally like, Jim, we're going to hell. We're going to die, <laughs> and we're going to hell for this. <laughs> and so we actually started using Streetworks Dyno. Yeah. Uh, several years ago, probably six, seven years ago. Yep. And we had used a dyno here local, and I'm not going to say who, but yep. that dyno was a bad experience. It was an unloaded dyno, and mm-hmm. uh, we took the car to the track after that, and the fueling was off uh, 25 to 30%. Oh, wow. Yeah. And you so, didn't have the load. Yeah. I guess it makes and sense. so yeah. that was that was probably eight or nine years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, dynos suck. We're not doing it anymore. We're going to go on I 40. And we're going to tune them on I-40, and the, and the tunes would be legit. We'd go to the track, and yeah. you know, because it was real-world conditions. Yeah. And I, and so I had a bad taste in my mouth over dinos until Derek's like, we can't do this anymore. We're yeah. going to get caught, or we're going to die. It's unsafe. I'm like, yep. you're right. And the, so we you're started. the shoot on the interstate every time. <laughs> yeah, so we started using the dyno at Streetworks. Uh, you know, and Robert, Robert and I became friends. We're, mm-hmm. we're still friends. Um, even though we're competitors, we're yep. still friends. There's plenty of business for everybody. Um, yep. You know, let the customers choose who they want and go on. Yep. Um, but when we started using a loaded dyno, a Dynocom loaded dyno, all of a sudden, hey, we would dial them in and we'd go to the track and the fueling would be the same. I'm like, hey, these this things works. are, these are kind of yeah. cool. So, but there's aspects of some of the tuning, uh, streeting, drivability, mm-hmm. uh, transmission shift points. I still yep. prefer doing that on the street. Yep. So, uh, a lot of times, you know, we do a car here, or not a lot of times, every time we do a car here, I'm going to drive it on the street, That's make cool. sure the street bill is good, then yep. we're going to finish on the dyno. Yep. Get, get your shift points and get your get your normal, yep. like, acceleration. Because, like, you know, everybody, then, so here's what happened when we tuned the old truck. So, we got to the point where we were like, okay, we, we did a little bit of street tuning, made sure the shift points were close and things like that, and then we loaded on the dyno because we were going to just, I mean, we made, like, 30 freaking pulls on the truck you know what i mean and uh because we were really shooting for 500 wheel that's what we wanted was 500 wheel and uh for the first round you know and so we just kept pushing and kept pushing and we were like you never could have done this on the on the road you know and so uh, robert and i were talking the other day and we were talking about there's so many shops that are coming up that are maintenance shops valvoline first lube, quick lube, whatever the heck it is, very, very few shops, especially in this, I would say, Northwest Arkansas River Valley, are performance shops where they are legit, like, you know, can can do all the parts and pieces of it. Not like, uh, like for us, we can do a cam saw, we're still bringing it to you guys because I have zero desire to learn tuning. Like, I just, I'm not gonna have a race car. I wanna have a good street vehicle and if we backpedal on that, uh, the very first engine I ever built, when mm-hmm. I got it all done, I, I'm, I'm a little different mindset. Uh, and that's why and how I've became good at, at what I do. 
because I've always wanted to do everything myself mm. on my own car. Yep. And I got the engine built and I put it in. And I remember the old timer that was kind of my uh, mentor, mm-hmm. um, Gary Brown. He's passed away now. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, okay, now you just got to find somebody to tune it. And I'm like, why the hell would I do that? Why wouldn't I want to do that myself too? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, back then it was just a Holley carburetor and yep. a distributor, you know, recurve it, some springs and weights. And, and I was in college. I was a pretty intelligent <laughs> young man. I'm like, I'm not letting anybody touch this. Yep. And so I, I learned to tune my own car to begin with. And then all throughout the years, you know, I've gravitated, uh, you know, and learned That's step awesome. by step. So I have over 30 years of experience tuning. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's really a question, too. I mean, you still do carburetor stuff? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I get a lot of dirt track guys in here. Mm. Um, you know, the least, you know, and, and uh, the least horsepower I've gained so far, a dirt track guy, they came in, they had a very good tune on their car already. I still found 10 more. Dang, that's awesome. And, yeah, so they went back out the next weekend, and they, they won their <laughs> they first race. They were like, let's go. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. So, sure, I still tune carburetor stuff. Um, of course, nowadays, you know, the EFI, uh, I, I heard a guy say one time, and, and I see it on a dyno so much, you know, a carburetor, you ask it nicely, hey, I would like you to do this. And <laughs> and you change the jets or you change the air bleeds or whatever you're doing, and, and you're, you know, you're hoping the carburetor is going to kind of, you're going to nudge it into that area that you want to see it get into. <laughs> EFI, you just say, look, motherfucker, you do this for me. And you tell it what you want it to do, and it does it. And it's so, like, okay. So now, you know, EFI. You're the a, boss. Oh, yeah. And ultimately, you know, once you learn the software, EFI winds up being easier. Because mm-hmm. I just have my laptop, and I'm like, click, click, click. I want you to do this. Yep. And it's like, okay. It's okay. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. That makes a ton of sense. So um, let's stay on the shop for a bit. So okay. you said, Jacob is uh you had said earlier shop basically like shop foreman he's shop and, foreman he and manages the counter and right. all the parts uh any other guys you that work for you with you guys yep i have two more guys we have jimmy uh he's he's primarily our mechanic out mm-hmm. there and then we have brandon uh, jimmy uh, neil and then we have uh, brandon newbolt mm-hmm. and he's a new hire and uh he's an excellent fabrication guy Oh, cool. So, yeah, he's he's the one. He's fabbed up a set of headers over there on that Mustang in the corner, that big uh, Vortex supercharged build mm-hmm. we got going on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that'll be on the video for the YouTube stuff. Yes. So watch the video there, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, 10, you said you've been open 10 years, but how long have you been in this location here? This location, two years. That's cool. So and it's a big shop. It's, like It's a decent-sized shop. How, how many cars are there? Eight or nine? Yes. Yep. Something like that. And I mean, and outside there's another probably 12 or 15. Yeah. So waiting to get in and get worked on. That's really And there's cool. even two more out in the uh, <laughs> the garage there next to the house. So the house is, is that I'll be moving into the house soon. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. That's cool. Wow. So let's give people like, uh, what's a, what's a secret in quotations finger quotations uh tuning tip that you that you'd be willing to give up mm, that i'd be willing to give up mm-hmm. come see me <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the secret tuning tip uh, i'm struggling with that so so let me ask this um laptop okay maybe that's where the secret tuning tip comes from uh, don't um, cheap out on a laptop make sure you have a laptop that is fast Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I just absolutely can't stand is like the you, you click on something and then you're waiting for it to open. So and by maybe, waiting, he probably means like 
11 seconds. <laughs> I can't stand it. My yeah. laptop from a cold boot to full lit up is 12 second boot time. That's awesome. And yes, very fast laptop. Yep. Uh, so spend the money because here's the thing, the difference in like a shitty laptop and an expensive laptop is half the cost of a nitrous kit. I can't tell you how many times <laughs> customers come in and they're like, Hey, I want you to use my laptop. So the tunes on her, I'm like, look, I'm going to use my laptop when yep. we're done. I will, I will upload the tune, and yeah. we're, we'll do that. I'll put it on a thumb drive for you, and you can have that. <laughs> or that. Yeah. And because and I've tried that a couple times with their laptops, and I'm just like, I'm about to throw this out the window. <laughs> have you ever seen a laptop Frisbee? <laughs> That's what this is going to look like. <laughs> it's a sport. Yeah, right? So uh, we're, we're inside the shop. You have a ton of um, super badass stuff that's all over. Like I, I mean, like just as an example – Right now, I see NOS, Holly, a Holly Dominator EFI setup, Holly Sniper, ARP. I mean, there's Brian Tooley Racing uh, intake here right beside us. There's a billet uh, intake from, uh, what's that, Wilson, Wilson, Manifold. Wilson Manifold. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff in here. So and you obviously... precision turbos on the end. Yeah, yeah, hey, the big, giant... I mean, holy shit, how big is the one on the right? Those are actually twins. They're, they're identical. Those are both 85 millimeter. They are... Uh, uh, Huge. Oh, yeah. Like... Oh, crap, I'm at a loss here of the class. Oh, X275. Those are X275 legal turbos. Those are mine. I... I I got those, and I I thought about putting a big block in my car, and I was going to spool, you know, try and spool both those. But uh, we're actually so the the black Camaro in the picture there. I'll just di mm -hmm. I'll, I'll digress here for a second. Um, I am actually building a 427 LSX platform engine for that car. Uh, we are going to be getting some some more precision turbos spec'd for that engine. Wow! And you know, hopefully, we're going to push about three thousand crankshaft out of a 427 LSX. So just so people understand that are listening, the, there are two turbos on a on the countertop that is probably two and a half feet wide, and they take up the entire countertop. It's badass. <laughs> so that, that leads me into, do you guys sell parts? Like, could somebody just buy parts from you if they lived, say, Absolutely. in California or something? Uh, you sure, sure. Jacob has been taking care of that and shipping parts and stuff now. Um, also apparel, you have apparel, hoodies, yeah, yep. we have t-shirts and hoodies yep. and hats. Yep. Oh, yep. Okay. I see. Yep. Now I might have to so give one of them for If you like the Tune by JP logo, cool. Yeah. Hit us up. Yep. Um, yep. We'd love to see more apparel across the country. There's a ton of decals on people's cars. So that, I, I feel like that's something you earn. With a tune. Well, yep. you get a free decal with the, with a tune. That's awesome. So that that's so you, something I you know, and it's free advertisement for me, but yeah. you know, a lot of people come in and they're like, I get a decal, right? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's cool. So uh let me ask this, and this is gonna be probably a hard one for you to answer, but what's it like to be JP right now? Like, did did you ever think big decals of your shop name would be on the back of some of the fastest cars in the country? Uh, no, that, that never, I never thought of it like that. And, uh, you, you had in the questions, what's it like to be famous? I really don't. Oh, famous. you're famous. I, okay. I, I just don't <laughs> feel that. And let me, that's awesome. Let me give you a little side story. Just, I'll try and keep it brief. Yeah. My mother called me and, uh, I grew up in a family. They don't really pat you on the back or anything like mm -hmm. that. You know, it's just, that doesn't happen. And so I don't talk about what I do down here. Mm -hmm. You know, when we get together for Thanksgiving or Christmas, you know, or whatever. 
they'll they'll occasionally ask me like, "Oh, what do you do?" Yeah. And uh, you know what? I always say, "Well, I'm a maintenance man." Well, my both of my <laughs> both of my uh, parents were school teachers, mm. and so the maintenance man to them is the high school janitor that cleans up the poop out of the bathroom. Mm. And so I would say maintenance man, and and my sisters and my parents had all kind of look at me like I was special needs Jimmy, <laughs> and like, "Oh, you clean up poop." Cool. Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a couple times I'm like, "No, no, it's not. It's not like." Okay, whatever. Yes, you're right. Yeah. I, you win. So anyway, my mother calls me probably three, four months ago. And she's like, hey, you're, me and your sister want to come visit you. And I'm like, okay, cool. And she's like, hey, tune by JP. Is that you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, I told you I was quitting my day job. You quit your day job? I was like, yeah, I quit my day job like two and a half years ago or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, but my mother just didn't. She's like, I don't she know. couldn't get her mind. She's like, wait, it. you're gonna be, you're gonna go from maintenance at the factory to working on cars? Are you crazy? Exactly. Oh yeah, yeah and if if the car, if the, you know, they thought I was a maintenance man, or if the topic of cars ever, you know, well, what do you do for fun? Well, I work on cars. They're like, oh wow, mm. he really is retarded. <laughs> he he works in Greece throughout the day, maintenance man, and then he 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 can't get enough of it, so he does more at night. <laughs> That's wow. what they're like. Mm. <laughs> yep, you're like, little do you know. That's awesome. So it was pretty comical when they came to visit. My mom actually seen the shop. and she did, just, you, did you take her for a rip in, in BG? Not my mom. My sister, my, my older sister, Carol. <laughs> the last time she rode anything with me was my old Nova back. I think we were, I was 16 or 17. Oh my and God. she laughed at it because it was completely bone stock and horribly yep. slow. That's awesome. And so, yes, she got a ride in BG, and she did scream like a little girl. <laughs> ah, that's great. That's, I haven't taken my grandmother in the old truck yet because it was her husband's for, like, the whole time they were married. He basically, he drove it for the first 10 years of them being together with a 283 and a three-speed in the floor, and that was his daily, you know. And then uh, she bought him, a, like, a 94 Ford truck. And so she had never been in the truck since then. So she rode in it once or twice with me once I got the interior done, but it was still small block. I mean, like, a wore-out 283. Like, we're talking 122 horsepower, maybe. And uh, so I, I'm really wanting to get a reaction video from her because she's going to shit her pants when she rides in it now. Um, so... Before you moved the shop number or your personal number to the shop number, the 459-9796, if anybody's still writing stuff down, um, how many calls and texts a day were you getting? Like, is it a shop cell or is it like a shop landline number? No, it's a cell. This is it. Oh, wow. That's it right there. So that's so it. You got to keep it plugged in all the time, I'm sure. Yeah, I got to be the... careful because they're identical. My, I got the exact <laughs> You'll same. You'll grab the wrong one and be like, I've God, done it. I called somebody phone. the other day from that number and they're like, hey, I got a call from this number. Was that you? I'm like, mm, yep. Yeah. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, obviously, with as busy as you stay, um, you being present when tuning a car is important. So you, you move to that, but like how many, I mean, how many calls and texts a day do you think that phone gets? Oh my goodness. Uh, several hundred. God, that's wild to me. I just can't imagine. Yeah. And, and I mean, 
I had to separate it out. Uh, there was times on Sundays I couldn't get away from it. It would yep. ring. You know, it's on silent right now. That's one reason you haven't been hearing it. Yeah, there's the whole the screen is lit up like crazy right now. I mean, just so you understand, there's there's so, yeah. Facebook messages, uh, emails. Looks like we're on there. Text messages, and it just goes on and on and on. So, uh, and uh, I even had a customer call me at like twelve thirty at night. Wow. Yeah. See, and I, I think that's probably. The hardest part for small business owners is because you want to be available yeah. for people. And but at some point, like we have to have a life, you know? Yeah. So and before Rocky Mountain Race Week, I actually was just about to hit the burnout wall, or how <laughs> you call that. I love what I get to do. I love helping people. Mm -hmm. uh, I love to see the smile on her face when that car does something that's never done before. I love that. But you're right, you know, and be having my, my race car mothballed for the last seven years almost. And then the, even BG, uh, he's been four years in the making. Wow. I, I've actually paid to be at Rocky Mountain Race Week the last three years. This was the first year I actually wow, made. Wow, that's cool. And so you're doing 2.0 as well. Yeah, I'm going. I mean, yeah. that's in two weeks. I'm I'm going. So, uh, and uh, I'm going to hang out with uh, Stone Cipher, and I think Timmy's going to be there, and Boo. This afternoon, we're going to talk about some Rocky Mountain Race Week uh, etiquette and some things like that. So I want to ask you those questions at the end, too. But what was – Jonathan said the other day, he said there are two types of Rocky Mountain or Race Week people. He said there are forever and never. <laughs> I'm forever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, the so Stoney, Whole Stone Cypher, uh, Timmy, Robert, the these are the guys that are like, you need to do this. It's so amazing, so much fun. I'm like, yeah. okay. And so, like I said, for the last three years, I've been working on BG for four years-ish, um, maybe a little longer, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. uh, and I lost a little something with my race car. I lost having a street car, and I love having a car I can get mm -hmm. in and just cruise, drive, and still go pretty fast. Yeah. So that was my goal for that car. And I thought, man, this, this will be perfect. I'm going I'm to enter and take that car. Uh, but all that being said, and they went on about how much fun it was, I still did not grasp what it was really going to be like until I went, and uh, it, it immediately became my favorite time I've ever spent at the racetrack. That's awesome. Uh, it's, it, you know, it's a it's a vacation with friends and you know newfound family members yeah. that uh, you know I don't want to give up ever again. Yep. It was a great time. Um, I'm. We've done a few uh, power tours that have come close. We've uh, hit a couple nights of that stuff and. Uh, you know the thing about something like power tour is like i didn't know anybody you know what i mean like i do now yeah and so this will be our first race week and so i'm super pumped to just be out there and be a part of that entire um aspect of enjoying your project car so because that that's something i think a lot of people miss and i was listening to uh, my buddy matt monroe they have a, a podcast that they run to and they recorded their first episode and they were talking about how uh, – because they both work for, um, like, nation national uh, auto parts stores, right? Mm -hmm. So so they see big changes, and they go to the meetings and things like that that are, you know, hey, this is coming up. And so what they were talking about is they've seen the shift into not having to have a complete painted super nice car that you wait 10 years on to be done before you enjoy it. You know, it's like – uh, they're seeing a lot of the let's do it like just get it running 
with the combo you want and then worry about painting it later worry about doing the interior later like just just enjoy the car and i think as we move forward i think you'll see a ton of that uh type stuff on race week and on drag week and people just taking the time to enjoy the cars that they've been building or getting close to building or whatever you absolutely know? and i enjoyed it so much that if i don't have a car running i will probably just try to be a co-pilot for somebody <laughs> yep or even do road week that's awesome and just be a part of it uh, yep. but i'm i'm always going to make a dedicated effort to make my car be there that's cool uh, it, and, was, it was it's, amazing it's going to be a week of like legit car guy nirvana like it, it really is <laughs> and uh, i think one of the questions you had on her was what advice i would give mm -hmm. and uh, it, it would be uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry you got yeah, we're, we're on a podcast <laughs> we'll be done just a little bit <laughs> Um, Folks come in. Well, we got the doors open on the yeah, side, and, and the cart's out front. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure people pulled in to see the cart. <laughs> um, Let, let's stay on the side, and then I'll pause, and you can talk to him real quick. Yeah. Yep. So. So, uh, advice to, to someone is, um, you know, don't don't get too caught up in being competitive. Enjoy the journey. Yep. Um, you know, if you are competitive, that's a added bonus, but there's a lot of people there. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I was so excited just to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a huge bonus that I actually brought home a trophy, especially yeah. being a first-timer. Yeah. But just make sure that you enjoy the trip. Yeah. Because uh, you can go be competitive at a weekend drag race. Like, you can you can do that and beat on your car. Side. But this is like, like a stamina event. Like it's five days, it's twelve hundred and something miles of driving your race car or street car or O three Grand Marquis that has no body pedals anymore, um, around to different tracks and racing every day. Yeah. So it's not about ragged edge tuning, it's about like how can we make this car live for five days because I don't know if I want to put a motor in or a tranny or whatever. And then if you do end up having to do that, there's so many that's what I can't wait for for the trip is the stories of stuff like sketchy roadside repair to get to the track so you can fix it for real, you know. So uh, I think uh, Jonathan was telling a story about, or maybe it was Robert. I don't know. They, they fixed something with a stick or a straw. Uh, it was a straw that they found in the ditch oh, that wow. got them to the track. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> crazy stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this event. It's going to be so much fun. Um, what is uh what was probably your your most exciting part of uh race week there hmm. i mean the whole experience uh matt and june are top shelf people mm -hmm. they put together a cool event and they promote um you know there are rules about yep. helping other racers and this and that um but they promote a just an atmosphere and they want they want everybody to enjoy themselves, enjoy meeting friends and, and getting along. Yep. And uh, they succeed succeeded at that um, tremendously. Um, and there's uh, <clears throat> 300 spots available for 2.0 or not available that were available. I think they're close or sold out. But they'll take people if you show up, they'll take you on the event because a lot of times there's people that show up and that pay that don't show up because their car broke on the way or something like yeah. that. So. 
Man, probably. So you know, I made I made I made some new friends mm -hmm. and got to uh, enjoy watching other people succeed. Yeah. At the at the Rocky Mountain and, and that you know, like I said, I'm in the business to help people, mm -hmm. so I'm always <laughs> enjoying to see people enjoying the sport. Yep. I, so what's a uh, what's a tool or part that you forgot to bring mm -hmm. uh, that you end up having to buy? A radiator cap. We had a radiator cap failure, and I mean, who's who's going to be like? I need to bring one of those. Yeah. And uh, we had a radiator cap failure. That's uh, crazy. Yeah. Who would have ever thought that? You yeah. know what I mean? We had to we had to find O'Reilly's and limp it in there and and get us one. So. That's funny. So uh, this is what I'm asking them too. So should we should participants get more sleep ahead of time, or get your body used to not sleeping? Because so, we've got two weeks. There's, there's 12 days left, bud. <laughs> I'm nervous. So now I think I've heard the drag week, and I've, I've never been on one of those, but I've heard that's more of a torture test marathon. Uh, race week wasn't bad at no. all. Um, I just just go about your normal life and just get ready for a good time. Okay. Um, Matt and June pl plan it out and give you ample time. You know, the way it works is there's two long drive days, or there was at the first one. Yep. And uh, so, you know, you're going to be wore out after a long drive day and, you know, get you a hot shower, get you a good meal and go to bed. Mm -hmm. um, but the short drive days, they're not bad. You know, you're going to drive six hours and yep. then you're going to race. Uh, never once was I like wore out or just fatigued. Yep. And <clears throat> except for like Hank and his ice bags. Now, uh, there, there weren't a whole lot of stories that like that craziness where you're working on stuff till 3 a.m. and getting up and driving. Yeah, now knock on wood, my car, uh, I just basically had zero problems with my car. That's awesome. And I didn't even pull a trailer like Boo did. I mm -hmm. never even changed my tires. What? I drove on <laughs> the same 275 Pros that I raced on. That's awesome. And I will be putting a new set on for 2.0. They're right here in yeah, the floor. Yeah, that's them. I'm me. rubbing on them right now for everybody listening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm planning on doing the same thing. That's I'm cool. gonna. I'm just gonna drive on the same tires. Yeah, that's a, that should be like an extra award, I think. I, I thought <laughs> for it was, people with that stuff. Now me, we're running. I, we will not have the same tire. Like I'm, we're adding another set. Uh, we're adding a pair of uh, used tires to another set of wheels we have, and I will not bring those four tires back home. Next year, I may have a, a trailer. Yeah. Um, this year I ran out of time and just yeah. and even for 2.0 I, I don't have a trailer well I mean like I, I'm saying that because like I'm going we have a rear tire sprayer that's going to have bleach and tranny fluid in it we're literally going to ruin <laughs> tires <Perfect. laughs> every time we leave somewhere we're going to kill it um, alright so because this is more prep how many changes of clothes should we bring like um, should we bring a change of clothes for every day every day okay yeah, I mean, I was wondering if anybody did laundry during the week. Um, I think Boo, Boo, and Stony did. Yeah. So I just, I just brought a suitcase with uh, enough shorts and and clean undies <laughs> to last me last the whole all week. week. Yeah. And uh, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah, you're you're going to be hot and sweaty, and your clothes are going to be ruined at the yeah. end of the day. You're <laughs> going to end of every day. Every day. Yeah. There's not like, oh, I'm going to wear those again tomorrow. Yeah. No. So what you're saying is, uh, bring. An extra bag to throw dirty clothes in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bring you a trash sack to put them in. That's awesome. So let's let's get back to car stuff and the shop because okay. um, I, 
I, I want everybody to understand, like, we are literally going to do a podcast every day on race week. Maybe not me and you, but we're going to talk several times throughout the week. Um, so I, I definitely want to stay on here because we're going to have, like, the race week podcasts are going to be dumb. They're going to be at night. I'm going to set up microphones and we're going. I'm going to provide free cold beer to anybody that will sit in front of the microphone. So yeah. we're going to spend a lot of money on beer and we're going to have a lot of fun. I like cold beer. Yeah, I, I like free cold beer. And Miller Lite's the best beer ever known to man. So we're going to have some of that too. So, <laughs> so when um, when I built the old truck, yeah, I knew what I wanted. I wanted 600 wheel horsepower. But I wanted that just as a number, right? That was just, I had never driven anything that fast. Anything, I've never driven at a, any length of time the horsepower I have now, which is like right under 500 wheel. So, but I wanted rolling burnouts and ice cream. That was my goal. Like I want to be able to drive it every day if I wanted to and take my two, my 10 year old and seven year old daughter, put smiles on their face while we go get ice cream, right? Yep, Sonic. Yeah, Sonic. Andy's, whatever, anywhere we want. Like if I wanted to drive to here and get ice cream somewhere down here, we could do that, you know. So that was the goal the whole time. So on the aspect of goals, um, what is something that you hear a bunch when somebody calls about a build that really doesn't, I'm not going to say doesn't mean anything, but like if I had called somebody and said, I want to make 600 wheel horsepower, like to you, because then you're going to go, okay, what's it in? What what are you working with? What's the goal of the car? What is something like, like some that somebody is, they're going to build a car, they need to sit down beforehand and figure out before they call you? Uh, how much money they have to spend. Yeah, budget. I mean, yeah, budgets, everything revolves around budget. Uh, how much money do they have to actually spend? I mean, it's, it's awesome to have a goal of, I want this much horsepower, mm -hmm. but we have to be realistic. Yeah. Can you afford that? Is this gonna is this gonna affect your family, your home life, <clears throat> or do you have enough spare money to actually? Hey, I want to embark on this project, yep. and yeah, let's see it through all the way to fruition. So that is the number one goal. Really put down, you know, really crunch your numbers and and know how much money you have to spend. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody sees the the budget stuff, and and I'm, I love that. Yeah. But understand, like the budget stuff. You're gonna to have to do ninety nine percent of that yourself. Yep. To really make that happen. Yeah. Uh, if you're gonna bring somebody like me into the equation or another shop, okay, the expense is going up. Yeah. Because you know, you're paying me for my expertise. Yep. You're gonna you're gonna avoid the pitfalls. I'm gonna avoid those pitfalls that, that a lot of people fall into. Mm -hmm. um, a, a budget build is awesome when it works out. Well, and and I'll tell this I'll tell this story. So. Um, 2016, 2017, I had just done the LS swap in the old truck. No, 2018, I had just done it. So I had stock 4.8, stock cams, like everything, uh, stock 4L80, and we had just, uh, like, somebody had just cleared the vats on the computer and set it up for the 80. That was it. So then 2019, like three months before the shootout, which is the end of September, I was like, let's put a turbo kit on it. So we hand-built the hot side. It's very ugly, but it works. And we did uh, decapped injectors. I mean, it's full-on budget, slapping mechanics, budget build, right? We get to, like, it went to Robert's place three times because I kept bending push rods. And I'm like, oh, man, 
everybody on the budget forums and Facebook pages say I can run these. Well, I had dual valve springs, right? Because we had a cam. So instead of going like sloppy stage two cam, which is like a 590 something lift, we went, oh, I called my buddy Aaron Mick at Comp Cams and said, I want 600 wheel. I need the cam that's that and a converter, right? So a week before, I had to order and overnight hardened push rods, new valve springs because I had screwed up a couple because they couldn't handle the abuse from the bent push rods, just not doing anything in there and the pressure that was put on all that stuff. So the moral to that story is I was probably spent an extra 70 or $80 minimum to get the parts I should have got in the beginning. So. If I had written down my goals and I had said, hey, here's what I'm thinking, you could have been like, oh, you don't need dual valve springs that are a 660 lift. Back your cam up some, you can go to like, not necessarily a hardened badass push rod, but you could set down a level, you know? But I spent like $480 on stuff that I really probably didn't need because I bought the cam that I thought, I, you know? So there's a lot of times I feel like that people could learn from Everybody wants 600 wheel because they see it all over Facebook and the internet, right? All over 1320 videos or 1000 horsepower stuff. So they get that in their mind, but like 35 miles an hour, my 490 wheel horsepower truck will light the tires up. Okay. Like it's dangerous as hell if I get all in it, you know? It does so, what you want. Yeah, it's exactly right. And uh, the first time I rolled in it, once we got all that stuff figured out and the tune right, it's was like, holy shit, like I was in traffic showing off for this kid in a Fusion next to me and both tires smoking. Well, as it starts to like get a little sideways and get in the turn lane, I'm like, oh shit, this could be dangerous, you know? <laughs> and there's a ton of people that have driven their SS Camaros with 350 wheel horsepower and think they need a thousand, when in reality, that should be something you step towards. Oh, for sure. Yep. You know, and Again, I've had conversations with younger folks and sometimes even yeah. people that are a little older because they come in and they'll spit that number off. And I'm like, well, what's, what's the most power you've ever had before? And they'll say, oh, three, 400 or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, uh, well, we can do this for you. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've done it. But at the same time, you know, I want you to work your way into wide open throttle. Yeah. You know, don't, well, don't die doing this. Well, and a transmission to handle something that's a thousand wheel is way different than the Craigslist $400 4L80 <laughs> that I have that I, uh, that I then sent to Kevin Hensley to put a shift kit and a new front pump in. Like, you know, so it's, uh, it's interesting when people call, I, I can only imagine it'd be interesting when people call and say, I want to make a thousand. Okay, there's a lot that goes into it. That absolutely rear absolutely. axles, rear axles, the transmission better be up to the task. Yeah. Drive shafts, I mean, yeah. a drive then, shaft four or five hundred bucks. Safety yeah. becomes a big, big part of that equation. Mm -hmm. You know, like you saw my car out there, it put down a thousand twenty at twenty six pounds. BG did, Dang. and you know that car is, a, it, it will be a high second car. It ran a nine twelve at one fifty one on last race week. <laughs> But it has a cage in it, certain 850, and all those safety equipment's there to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've driven cars way faster than that. That's actually my slow car. <laughs> so. That's awesome. So, what is a, a power level you feel makes for, a, you know, air quotes, fun street car? Mm. Like if you were going to drive it on the street, like you do with BG, 
BG is my perfect street car. I love that thing. And like I said, I mean, I drove mm -hmm. the thing nearly 1,500 miles. Most yep. people drove 1,300. Yep. We might have got lost. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we put 1,500 on BG uh, race That's week. That's awesome. Yeah, my first race week. Um, when we came back, the very first thing I did that weekend, there was a, a car show down in Poto. Mm -hmm. I loaded my son up, and, or uh, not a car show, but a cruise night. Yep. I loaded my son up. We drove to to Poto for that cruise night, got some ice cream. That's awesome. And uh, you know, I had a great time. Got pulled over once on the way down there. <laughs> I, was, I was a little You're like, late. I drove 1,300 miles with a whole bunch of race cars. Never got pulled over. <laughs> Dude pulled me over. Oh, yeah. Which, thank goodness, he let me go. Yep. He was a nice officer. That's awesome. Um, he probably really just wanted to see the car. I, I think that was part of it. Yep. Um, I got pulled over right here in front of the shop by the sheriff's department. <laughs> Uh, a couple months ago, and the, and you know they kind of give me a little hassle, and then they're yeah. like, "Look, we we just had to see the car." I'm like, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> okay, I can I can get behind that. That's awesome. But I did add a GPS speedometer to my car now. Mm, so the go. whole race week, you know, I was just kind of guessing. <laughs> Pull up the Speedo app on your phone and yeah. hope your phone doesn't die. I got pulled over there. Uh, Pecola is where I got pulled over, mm -hmm. and I was going seventy seven. I was like, oh, shit. I didn't realize it was, uh, I didn't, okay. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, what's the setup in that car? Because um, so, we haven't talked about that at all. So it's a new engine for 2.0. But for, uh, I'll tell you what the engine was uh, mm -hmm. for the first race week. It had a stock block, stock crank, forged rods, forged pistons, six liter. Dang. Had stock unported 243 heads on it. It had BTR springs and cam, uh, stage three turbo cam. Uh, it has an 86 millimeter currently it has an 86 millimeter air research turbo uh, i believe the the air research is a race cover i think it's an old old garrett turbo before they were even known as garrett oh wow it is ancient the turbo is probably 25 plus years old <laughs> That's awesome. uh, but it works quite well mm -hmm. um, uh, it has holly hp efi mm. uh, has some really nice siemens deca 225 injectors um, holly high rim yeah. intake uh, Non-intercooled. It's non-intercooled on E85. Yeah, that's what that's what threw me off when I first saw it. At the track, uh, we did take race E85 with us, so we would drive on pump E85, and then we get to the track. I would try wow. to have the tank down to a quarter or less, mm -hmm. and then we would put a jug of race E85 in her just to kind of help bring the octane levels yep. up. Um, and the whole race week, uh, I was street racing the car about two weeks before we went, <laughs> and I kind of I kind of compromised a head gasket. So the whole the whole uh, race week, I kind of was limited on how much I could turn up the boost, or it would have been in the eights. Wow! So we around had a run 20, nine, twelve, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of had to limit how much boost I turned it up to, and and I just got comfortable running low nines. Uh, yep. Old Stony, you know, I was wanting, I was going to run the eight fifty index class, mm -hmm. and when we got there, and I realized, oh, the motor's a little wounded, I was a little bit downhearted, and Old Stony was like, hey just run the ultimate radial class. Most of those guys turn their stuff up too much and blow their shit up anyways. And uh, <laughs> and to be honest with you, after day three, uh, I was clearly in second place. Wow. And Hank had already blown it. He blew his car up day one. <laughs> and then day four, he blew it up again. I'm like, hello, number one, I'm gonna do <laughs> Come this. On. And then he managed, to, he managed to patch his car back up and with $600 worth of ice on day five to get <laughs> yeah. to the track, you know, I. I can't say anything but positive yeah. things about the guy. He worked his tail off, yep. spent a lot of money, yep. and uh, you know, fantastic story for him. So he yep. won that class. I managed to get second place, which yep. was still amazing. I, and Old Stoney, he gave me some good advice: just backpedal, run this class here. Just you know, yep. let's enjoy the week. Uh, don't get too crazy with your car. I'm like, well, I can't. Yeah. And uh, 
So anyway, I had a great time. And to be That's honest awesome. with you, consistency paid off. Yeah. Because I actually, I don't, I don't even know if a lot of people know this. I actually finished top fifteen. Wow, that's cool. Yep, I was number fifteen. Out of like I was three hundred and seventy-five cars. Yes. Wow. Well, I was the number fifteen guy. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw another name. This guy probably doesn't know me or have any clue. He's one of the top contenders in in uh, overall. You know, the big boy, he, uh, Royce Payton, and he turned in a poor first day showing. I think he he turned in like a sixteen-second time slip. Oh, what? On day one, and he had a problem with his blower. They figured it out. Day two, day three, day four, day five, he ran like 780s the rest of the week. Oh. But because of his for his poor day one, yeah. I beat him for over <laughs> for for the top placing. <laughs> ah, that's funny. So, but anyway, uh, just enjoy the week, have yep. a good time, run consistent, and yep. you know, it, it was a great time. I really that's enjoyed. awesome. So we are in outlaw class. So uh, with the cart because. Okay. It doesn't look like a car anymore. Okay. <laughs> so I'm on the phone with June, and I'm like, I was like, I said, I'd love to run like the 14.0 index class because I, I really feel like that's closest to what the car will run. And she's like, well, I said, but the car doesn't have any body panels except for the rear fender quarter. Like, that's it, you know. And she said, uh, she goes, well, it doesn't really fit. She's like, we can talk to Matt. She said, but, I mean, really – Outlaw is probably a better option because one, there's not a whole bunch of people in that class because it's outlaw. Like, I mean, you're like, you know, big time dudes that run sixes and sevens can be in that class. She said, but sometimes those guys don't finish the week. <laughs> She's like, so you may end up screwing around and placing and uh, be an outlaw class. So I was like, we're not going to win anything. I said, let's do that. I want to go have fun. I don't care. You put me wherever I need to be and I'll be there. Sounds like you've already got the right mindset. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's, uh, yeah, we are I love road tripping. Yeah. I love sightseeing. And so I had never been on the ground in Colorado my whole life. Oh, I've, cool. I've flown into Denver and I've flown out. So yep. I've been through there, you know, in an airplane, which yep. is nothing. Yeah. Uh, so I was really looking forward to just being part of it mm -hmm. and getting to see what Colorado's about. And, uh, it did not disappoint. Uh, and then, you know, so it was a, it was a week of road tripping vacation and then bonus, Hey, we're going to stop at these racetracks and get to run our cars too. Right. I, I can't go on enough about how enjoyable the event was. That's awesome. So let's, cause we're, we're at like an hour and 15 minutes now. So I don't, we definitely want to give up a whole lot of okay. uh, secrets. So I want to go through a couple more things and then we've got a ton of video to do because I've, I've, if I'm going to be at, uh, Stone Cypher's place by two 30, I have to leave here in the next probably 45 minutes or now. Okay. So, and I definitely want to get, I want to show people how cool the shop is. Yes, sir. Okay. So being in the game, air quotations, right? The tuning game and stuff like that. Since, uh, I think I looked up like 05 or 07 or something like that, you know, like you've been, uh, doing stuff for other people, right? Yeah. And I mean, technically it, it really actually even goes back farther than that. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, how has tuning changed since the early days of that for you? Okay, so when I first took on EFI tuning, to be 100% honest, I was probably the first in Northwest Arkansas or almost in definitely in this area for a long ways around, mm -hmm. and I had no competition. Wow. So what has changed a lot, and I hate to even put it like this, there's been so many shops that have sprung up. And I have been the guy I've never locked any of my tunes mm -hmm. because I've always felt that if someone needs to go somewhere else or if they move, 
you know, if yeah. I didn't provide them good enough service, fine, they can go somewhere else. Yeah. But unfortunately, there's enough of my tunes floating around that even local here, right here in Fort Smith, there's been shops that spring up and they started with my tunes. So they, oh, man. They've Ouch. been making a living off of my back and, you know, yeah. I, I have to just get over it and go on. Yeah. But what it's really bites... flattery is what it is. What, well, <laughs> what really bites is when I hear buzz back from the local scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, this shop's way better than JP. <laughs> and so uh, that's that's happened a few times and uh, really wears on me yeah they're like they're low they're their first tunes your tune they've been using for five years yeah, yeah. and uh, you know sometimes they'll hit it and sometimes they won't there's been yeah. several of them that customers have finally got upset and they're like hey and they'll come see me and i'll get it right that's awesome that's awesome so <clears throat> what does the future hold or no 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 this is a better question because i'm gonna ask that in a minute how many cars a year, do you think you tune? Hmm. So, I'm going to say probably in the neighborhood of seven or eight hundred. Damn, that's I, awesome. I think. I, I think. <laughs> that's awesome. How, how many of those cars, percentage-wise, do you think are north of 800 wheel horsepower? Uh, I'm going to say 20 to 30%. See, and I think. Maybe. Like, that's a big statement. Because like so many people want that big number, but twenty to thirty percent of your business is above eight hundred. Now, if we were to say like twelve hundred, will what does that drop it to? Oh goodness, uh, I'm going to say less than ten percent. See, and everybody reads all this stuff on Facebook about that, and they can have so much more fun with six hundred will and cruise it and not take five years to build it and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, so, and, and once again, back to budget, you know, mm-hmm. you saw BG sitting out there. Mm-hmm. I don't even really like to tell people how much money is invested in that car, yeah. but I have to. Yeah. So between paint, roll cage, everything that's there, you know, and it's a nice car. Mm-hmm. That car has 65,000 plus sitting in it. That does not include any of my labor. Wow. But to have, you know, technically an eight second car that can be driven on the street you're not going to get by cheaply to do that no it just is impossible that's wild and i can't wait for people to see the size of the new turbo that's (laughs) going on that thing insanity y'all this one on here looks small and and it's it's, the reason it's not going to make this next event is because mm -hmm. i'm going to have to cut the mount and mm-hmm. sink the turbo deeper into the chassis yeah. so the hot side cold and side's gonna you mean have to you have redone. 12 damn days i can't do it <laughs> right plus you know i have a and, schedule to maintain yeah and get people that's why we're doing we're literally recording this sunday morning uh thank you for doing that uh one to come down and fit us in um there was no way i, I really you, you hit me up about yesterday and i'll just tell you i had well number one we tuned derek's car yep on the dyno yesterday and then after that i tuned another turbo car and I did not leave here until 10.30 last night. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That's crazy. So what's the future of Tune by JP? What, where, what's, what, do you, what do you, five years from now, what's your thought so, process? You know, I mean, the shop here has kind of already exceeded my expectations. Oh, cool. Um, but we are talking about, so we are probably gravitating towards bigger, higher horsepower type stuff. Mm. Um, but that being said, you know, once again, you know, back to the percentage of business, that's mm. going to be a small two, three percent of my business will mm-hmm. be that five percent tops. Um, unfortunately, you know, I would like to get back a lot of the what what some of these little local shops have stole from me. And mm-hmm. I'll just be straight up. It's the gravy like the the Chevy truck that comes in for a, just a you know $350 street tune. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, that is the gravy of my business. That's actually where I make the most of my money, and I would like to get some of that back. Because you can crank a bunch of that out. <clears throat> I can, and, and and so their tunes are my tunes. Yeah. So why not come to the original source? <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, but anyway, enough being said about that. So the shop, we're talking about hopefully within the next year, we're going to add on. Uh, we'll be mm. getting, we're going to move the dyno out from its current location. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, we're going to build on a dyno wing. Oh, cool. And so the, we'll have the, uh, the, the wheel dyno, the roller dyno. Mm -hmm. And then I also want to invest and get a hub dyno for the bigger horsepower stuff. That's awesome. It's getting to the point that what I'll, you know, 1500 horsepower down works good. Mm -hmm. You know, the dyno is technically rated at 3000, but we're starting to see and have problems with the cars spinning. Yep. So uh, I was over at Robert's place one day, and he was talking about that, like a treaded tire, is better for the dyno because it just allows for more grip compared to like a like a true slick or something like that. Because it was it would bite more or something like that, or the sidewall was harder. Or, I can't remember what the story was, but it was something about that in comparison to a um, slick will never dyno as big of a horsepower number mm -hmm. as a radial tire i will agree with that yeah <clears throat> and i will tell you even their day i don't know if you saw the blue corvette sitting outside mm -hmm. uh we had lower tire pressure in there uh it's a, a natural aspirated deal it actually it just made it made the biggest horsepower number of any uh in a car what yeah um it's so far on my bad ass yeah so like we had the tire pressure. The yeah, it's got some like drag radial type tires, mm -hmm. and we had the tire pressure at 15, and it made a pull and made 600 even. Wow. We aired them up to 30, and it made 670. What? That's yeah. insanity. Yeah, it blew my mind because when it first popped up, I thought it said 570. I'm like, what the hell? It lost power. And I'm like, hold it. No, that's, that's a six. six, six wow. Seven. It was 671 rear wheel horsepower. That's crazy. Um, and uh, the only thing that I've had close to that, uh, we had a, uh, a big block Chevy on alcohol, full drag race deal, and I, it may have beat it. It might have been wow. It might have been right at 700 wheel. That's wild. And but that yeah. dude will drive that car all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a bad boy right there. Yeah. You'll see that one yeah. up north of Arkansas. I was going to say, uh, alcohol car won't. No. You're not cruising that thing around. No, it was a tube chassis yeah. race car. The other one was. Uh, so... What about the future for you? Not the shop, but for you. What's the future hold for you? Uh, hmm. Get the black car back out? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, the black car is going to be coming back out next year. I had so much fun at race week that I'm really contemplating trying to make that car a driver. Whoa. So With twin pro yeah. mod. And I, mean, I don't know what will happen next year. I just want to get the car back going and get to the yep. track. But I, I am considering it. So... Whenever we engineer and, and get this planned mm -hmm. out, I'm I'm going to try super hard because you know BG is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if if BG winds up being my fallback car to go to race week, cool. You're not crying. I'm not crying. It's a great car. It's comfortable. Yep. Uh, now the black car we named it Toothless after the dragon <laughs> yeah. uh, years and years ago, and that's a long story. But so that car is known as Toothless. Um, but if we can get Toothless worthy and, and able to do that i would love to jump into and compete in the unlimited class that's awesome that's so. awesome so these last four questions because we got to leave people's mouth watery right <laughs> so the last four questions are uh, something to ask everybody so what is the fastest not necessarily on the track but on the street too 
that you've ever driven? Motorcycles, cars, anything? Oh, it's definitely toothless. Toothless has been 461 at 161 in the eighth mile. Dang! Uh, we took it to Tulsa. Uh, in, uh, so I've never made a good, solid, full quarter-mile pass. It mm -hmm. broke the blower belt about 1,000 foot. And I coasted to the quarter at 744 at 183. Jeez. Uh, but a 461, if the mile prior is right out the back door, Toothless should have been about a 70690 car at 200. Wow. And so when we get done with the uh, the twin turbo 427 LSX, my goal mm -hmm. is to run mid to low sixes at well over 200, 220, 230. My, Damn, son. My bucket list is to have over 200 mile per hour check mark beside my name. That's cool. Um, that's but anyway, fast. that's that's the goal. Yeah, I'm tired yeah. of being slow. Yeah, <laughs> tired of being slow. I've only went 183. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. So uh, it, when you're in the shop working on old ratty stuff like the stuff I would bring you, um, are you a WD40 or PB Blaster kind of guy? Uh, PB Blaster is my go-to for breaking bolts loose. They mm. used to make a some stuff called Zep, it, mm, which yep. you can't get anymore. Yep. But that stuff was the best on the market for uh, rusty, broken, hmm. you know, stuff like that. I wonder what happened to them. Now, WD, uh, it has its place. I use that more for, like, protecting stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I use a lot of WD on alcohol motors. Like, after we get done running one, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we shut it off clean, shut the fuel pump off or whatever. You know, on my blown alcohol deal, I would kill the fuel pump, and then I would take WD, and I would crank the motor over and just soak it down the intake because that WD will displace the methanol in the water. Oh. And it will protect cylinder walls. So Genius. I, and it's way better. And plus, I'll just straight up say I love the smell of WD forty. PB Blaster, me. I can't stand to smell that shit. Yep. Is it effective? Yeah, but I don't like it. Yep, that's <laughs> awesome. So, um, when you're working the shop on cars, are you a gloves or bare hands kind of guy? I'm a bare hands kind of guy, uh, especially when I was younger. Mm -hmm. um, as I've gotten older, I've, I have to wear gloves at times, depending on what I'm doing, because my hands just aren't as tough. Extra grip. <laughs> protect my hands more than anything yeah. you know back when i was younger my skin was more like leather mm -hmm. and i didn't ever now you're getting soft yeah <laughs> yeah my, my shit rips the pair, you know I, I cut i cut easier and That's i don't fun. heal very fast anymore yeah um so if uh, we're gonna say unlimited budget somebody else is paying for it you don't have to worry about it what's your dream car hmm okay for all out full tilt race car um it would it would be me start over and build a Another 68 Camaro, full tube chassis deal, mm -hmm. uh, round tube, chrome molly. I want a uh, 481X engine, mm. twin turbos, and something that I can make around 5,000 horsepower with. God. So that, that, is, that is my ultimate dream car. Uh, wow. Is to build something like that and then drive that. That's insane. You know, a lot of pictures I show people of my cars, uh, you know, like the Nova back in the day mm -hmm. when it was on the rear bumper. And a lot of people like, maybe I don't look like a race car guy. <laughs> and they're like, who's driving that? I'm like, well, it was know. me. It was me. I put it on the bumper. That's awesome. So. Well, I, I want to say thanks again for you uh, taking the time to do this with us because we've got another 30 minutes of recording that we're going to lay over the YouTube first part of the video. So. <laughs> We've got to get to that because i got to get out of here. And i got to get out of your way because you work so dang much this week. So um, I want to say thanks. Uh, everybody, please go follow Tune by JP Facebook page, um, his soon-to-be Instagram sometime soon, um, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all the stuff will be in the show notes so they can get a hold of you with any questions and hopefully bring you some tunes and pick your brain on some combos and stuff like that. Awesome. So, all right, man. Thanks a bunch. Yes, sir.